Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with HR, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the HR status quo and how people are organized, engaged, and motivated to create real business impact. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Why? Because this is where the best run. There you go. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I found a quote from Jeannie Meister, founding partner of a company called Future Workplace, an HR advisory and research firm. We'll leave it at that. And she's the author of four books, Corporate Quality Universities, Corporate Universities, The 2020 Workplace, and other lots of other books. Look her up, M-E-I-S-T-E-R. Here's the quote. Listen up carefully. For employees, chatbots deliver an unmatched level of employee experience from real-time answers for HR questions to personalized learning and development. So we've got a couple of key words in there. Let's go with employees. Let's go with chatbots. And let's go with unmatched level of employee experience. Aha, put them all together and you get our topic today. Employee experience in the age of ML, that's machine learning, AI, that's artificial intelligence, and bots, you all know what those are. Let me tell you a little bit more. The labor market is changing. Come on, your company may not have a lot of full-time workers. You may not have them all in one room. You may have seasonal workers, gig workers, contractors. It's hard to say what the composition will be, but let's just suffice to say it's evolving. The labor market is changing. You might have these big initiatives in your company, whether you're a small or large company, and you are going to go out and increase your workforce engagement no matter what. You've got programs, and you've got plans, and you have edicts, and you have meetings. Well, you know what? The labor market's changing, and so is how to keep them engaged and productive. That's what you're after. Keep them there, keep them happy, keep them fulfilling the mission of your company. Why is it not changing anymore? Well, people want to be individuals. They want to be authentic. They want to be led by authentic leaders. And you now need to make sure you as a leader create an exceptional experience, not just for your favorite people, but for every worker. How? That's the question. Okay, Bonnie, makes sense. How are we going to get there? Well, the answer could very likely be technology, and that's why you're here with us on Game Changers today. Give your employees tools. Give them technology, like what I mentioned in the quote or after the quote, machine learning, AI. Help make them better at their jobs. Help make them feel part of the real world. They're using a lot of tools outside in their personal lives every single day, maybe every minute of the day. Let them bring that technology and you do it for them. So the question is to all of you, our esteemed global listeners, is your organization driving employee experiences, the best ones, through technology yet? If not, stick around. We have a lot to share with you. Let me tell you who my three esteemed panelists are and then we'll get started. First up, we're welcoming back. She hasn't been on in a while, but she's back. Penny Stoker. Her name is spelled just like it sounds, S-T-O-K-E-R, Global HR Services Leader for EY. We haven't had anybody from EY on in a while, so welcome back, Penny. Joining her on the panel is Thomas Domgar, and I'm pronouncing it correctly. Let me spell it because it doesn't spell anything like it sounds. D-A- a M G A A R D. He is a managing director 
in Accenture's Management Consulting Practice. Welcome to Thomas. And rounding out the panel is one of the sponsors and organizers of this very important series, Dr. Gabby Burlaku, and she leads solution management for the user experience in mobile applications at SAP Success Factors. So welcome to my three panelists and to our audience. Wait till you hear the source of the quotes today. I'm going to say to Penny Thomas and Gabby, you may not realize it, but you have sent me an A-list of quotes. And the reason I say that is because all three of the people you're quoting, their first names start with A. I'm sorry, I had to say that. So in a minute, we're going to have a quote from Amelia Earhart, then one from Alan Kay, and one from Ann Landers. Gabby, who knew it was going to work out this way? I don't think I've ever had an alliteration that way. So Penny Stoker sent us a quote from Amelia Earhart. If you're very, very young, you may have no clue. No, she wasn't a movie star, and she wasn't the mother of Lady Gaga. She was an American aviation pioneer. The first First female aviator, that's a word for pilot, to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. She received the U.S. Distinguished Flying Cross for this. She set many other records. She wrote best-selling books. She was instrumental in forming the 99s, an organization for female pilots. What you may want to know is that she disappeared. During an attempt to make a circumnavigational flight of the globe in 1937, she disappeared over the central Pacific Ocean never to be heard from again, and there is still a fascination with her life, her career, and where she went. So, born in 1897, disappeared in 1937. Here's the quote from Penny from Amelia Earhart. The most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is mere tenacity. Penny Stoker, talk to me. How did you find this wonderful quote from Amelia Earhart? Well, you know, um, first off, Bonnie, great to be back. That's been a while. And I was really looking for something that described where we are right now with technology and where we are in HR. And with things changing so quickly, so many of my peers that I talk to, we do have a bit of a hesitation to move until that technology is proven. The problem is that the digital tools are constantly evolving, and I think we just need to jump in. But by jumping in, you also need to keep working with them just as we do with our people, right? We help our people develop and learn, which I know when we apply that to technology. So that might sound a little weird, uh, but with these new technologies, that's exactly what we have to do. We have to be tenacious. We have to stick with them because they learn and they grow over time. They won't be perfect first time. Penny, tell me something. What's the expectation across the workforce? I've used the word vaguely, employee experience. You know, Gabby knows, Thomas knows. We talk very often on this show. Our audience knows we have at least five separate demographic, the formal word is cohorts, groups, age groups, and some of those edges of those groups are mushy in terms of which year one starts and one ends. We've got them working side by side. So when we talk about employee experience, is it a moving target? Yeah, uh, thank you, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. I absolutely uh, think it is a moving target. Each one of the, the, the different groups that you're talking about is looking for a vastly different experience. Uh, and it is, even within each group, is then also continuing to evolve to, to the point you, you opened up with about how our um, social or personal lives are blending with the work mm-hmm. lives we have. We, we continue to see that trend, and, and obviously um, that carries into the same factor. So for me, it very much is a moving target, and, and that makes this feel so exciting. Right? That, now, I love that, Thomas. That that was a great, you know, something I've been studying improv, and one of the words, the mantras is yes, and. It's a moving target. You could say, oh, it's so hard for HR professionals. And you said, but that's what makes it so exciting. 
great save on that one, Thomas. I appreciate that. Penny's back, but Penny, we're moving around the table on what you said. Let me get Gabby in on this, and then I'll come back to you, Penny, and then we'll do Thomas's quotes and Gabby's. A little out of order today, but that's cool. Gabby, what do you think? Moving target or not? Agree with Thomas? I definitely agree. The target is absolutely moving, and it is not going to stop moving with the increasing workforce diversity, changes in what work is and how we approach work. So I think the real key for HR professionals is, first of all, to find the commonalities. What are the things that make up the employee experience and how can we influence them? Um, I'll give you a hint. One of them is certainly the technology that you provide to people. And does it enable them to do their best work? Or is it a hindrance, an extra thing, an extra step that they have to learn in the process? These are the kinds of things that um, people have in common, no matter how varied the employee experience may be. Everybody wants the tools and technology that help them do their best work. So we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But I think moving target, absolutely. That's an understatement. Thank you. Glad we came up with an understatement. That's another way to raise the bar. (laughs) Penny Stoker is back with us. Penny, I was just exploring the implications of what you said with the other panelists while we got you back. So, Penny, anything you want to add? I was saying that there were at least five cohorts working side by side. How do you know what is an exceptional experience if you're dealing with people from different backgrounds, different age groups, especially today, different cultures, different geographies? How do you know it's going to be exceptional? Yeah, and I think, uh, Bonnie, one of the themes that's going to go through this hour is you have to ask. You have to involve the people Ah. who actually use the technology because everybody is slightly different, right? If you grew up as a digital native, how you're going to work in the workplace is very different than those of us who didn't grow up only knowing digital tools. Um, So user experience is critically important, but it's got to be individualized as well. Thank you very much, Penny. Happy to have you back. And now we're formally going to go back to our normal format, uh, and we're going to go to a quote that Thomas has sent me in. It's a quote we love here on Game Changers, Thomas. We hear it often, but it's so good. That's why we hear it so often, as you said before, and it's exciting. And the quote is from Alan Kay. I'm not sure if everybody knows who he is. He's still alive, born in 1940. I call that a kid. He's an American computer scientist, and uh, let's see what else I can tell you about him. Uh, He was a fellow at HP Labs until 2005. Um, he has been elected a fellow of the American Academy of Arts and Sciences, the National Academy of Engineering, and the Royal Society of Arts. He's known for his pioneering work on object-oriented programming and windowing GUI. We call it GUI, graphical user interface design. But what's most interesting, Thomas, about Alan Kay, he used to be a professional jazz guitarist, a composer, a theatrical designer, and an amateur classical pipe organist. So this is maybe the Renaissance man. And here's the quote Thomas wants us to use. The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Thomas Domgar, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, delighted to have you. You've already chimed in on uh, about Penny's comments. So what does this have to do? They're talking about bots and HR and ML and AI and employees. How does inventing the future, how is that going to help HR deal with employees? Yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, on the similar path uh, to where Penny was, right? Um, I see a lot of uh, – it's a, a constantly changing environment that we're in, um, which means that it, it is a, a moving target like we just talked about, and the experiences are going to continue to change, and the people that we're dealing with, everybody is individualized, the expectations are changing, they're liquid, so there, there's that continued 
uh, theme that, that we see. And so given that that is the situation, right, the, the old days of let me plot out what the future is and then I'm going to go create every single aspect of it, that won't apply anymore. So that means that the situation we're in now is really more where I'm continuously change, um, creating the future step by step as I incrementally get there. Um, so that's how I see the, this fitting in. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm just wondering, Thomas, HR used to be a couple of people sitting in an office somewhere scheduling reviews and making sure everybody signed their employee handbook. Am I right? And making sure you had yeah. meetings once in a while. And it's just totally different today. There's so much to do. There are cross-country issues and how do you hire and how do you pay and what does currency mean in one place or another and how do you interview and do you use this kind of advanced technology as part of the interview function and you don't have to sit there and actually talk to people through the whole thing. You can screen them a little bit better. What has this done to the HR profession? I know this isn't part of our our topic today, but just from your point of view, who wants to be in HR today, given how complicated it is, Thomas? Uh, now, complicated, yes. Uh, I, and I do think you're on, on at least the same path I'm on. HR's role in a corporation is completely being redefined if it, if it hasn't already been. Uh, mm-hmm. towards, they are now the creators of the work experience. So that is needed, like you said, in your opening in terms of attracting and retaining and developing uh, people. But, but they are the front edge of innovation and uh, disrupting uh, in, in the marketplace. So HR, they are no longer back office administrative. They are definitely on the front line and, and uh, shaping the future of the companies through work with uh, individuals and the experiences. But on the other end, in terms of the culture, the leadership and, and how do they shape that broader agenda. Thank so you, it, Thomas. It Great. Be a place to be. Go ahead. Very, very interesting. We, we can cover that more later on, but I'm, I'm glad to have, uh, as you're learning, Penny knows and Gabby knows, we sometimes take little side, side trips on the topic because I think there's so much interesting information I can glean from all of the panelists. So thank you very much, Thomas, for playing, and we're happy to have you here. And now let's go to Dr. Gabby Berlaku, and Gabby has sent us a quote. Here's the third A, Gabby, Ann Landers. I forgot everything about her, so I looked her up. Ann Lander's real name was Esther Pauline. She was called Epi, E-P, Letterer, L-E-D-E-R-E-R. 1918 to 2002, she was known by her pen name of Ann Landers, an advice media columnist in the U.S. and a nationwide media celebrity. And what's interesting is that a woman named Ruth Crowley originally created the Ann Landers Ask Ann Landers column for the Chicago Sun-Times. She died in 1955. During her nine years writing the column, her identity was a secret. There was a contest to take over the column in 1943, and and our epi-letterer won the contest. So she became the second Ann Landers. And in 1956, Ms. Letterer appeared on an episode of TV's What My, What's My Line. In 1978, she was called the most influential woman in the United States. And another side note, Gabby, do you know this, that she had an identical twin named Pauline Phillips? And Pauline Phillips wrote, mm-hmm. Dear Abby, under the name Abigail Van Buren. And they didn't like each other. We'll leave that one alone. They hated each other. <laughs> I so, learned a lot. Oh, yeah, I did, too. I had no idea. I didn't remember. They they hated each other. They didn't talk for years and years and years. But anyway, they helped a lot of people. So here's the quote. This is a winner, everyone. Nobody gets to live life backward. Look ahead. That is where your future lies. Gabby, how have you been? 
Good, great. How about you? Very well. Thank you for asking. We've already got a very, very good conversation here going on the show. So tell me, how does this quote relate to our topic? We're talking HR, we're talking employee experience, age of MLAI and the bot. So what are we talking about? Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me, and I'm so excited to be part of this conversation. And I think it's interesting that the the future-oriented quotes are are really something that um, we're bringing forward, because I think that really relates to this topic, especially as you think about um, employee experience. So what is employee experience? It's something you're seeking to influence all the time, and it's moments in time. It's ongoing. It's not just one point in time. But five years ago, we weren't talking about employee experience. We were talking about something called employee engagement. We were measuring it maybe once a year with an engagement survey. Then we were looking in the rear view, analyzing the data, and trying to maybe create programs, initiatives designed to boost those engagement scores that we had already measured, as opposed to employee experience, which is really this sort of ongoing fluid thing where we're really looking to impact the experience of people from here on out. And so I think that's kind of a subtle mindset shift, but it's absolutely the right way to be thinking about today's really fluid workers. Gabby, so interesting. I'm I'm trying to tweet this as you're talking. Five years ago, we talked about employee engagement. Now we're talking about employee experience. Do you think there's a shift in focus there, Gabby? When we talked about engagement, it sounds like, well, are they engaged because they want to work for us or are they engaged and will be more productive because they're engaged in what our company does? It sounds to me that that's more corporate or company focused is we want them engaged with us. But experience sounds to me like it's a more about the employee. What do you think? Bonnie, that is absolutely correct and well said. Um, I think that's exactly right. There is a mindset shift from the organization and what the organization needs to what people, individuals, the talent needs. And I think a lot of that is due to what we're seeing in the market, you know, increased visibility to opportunities, increased sort of war for talent. I don't really like that phrase, but um, mm-hmm. uh, people have options and people can kind of carry out their their dreams, apply their skills skills almost anywhere. So what is the key differentiator for an organization? It's really being able to engage or give a great experience to that individual as opposed to really trying to find people that believe in their mission and want to execute only their mission. It just doesn't really exist anymore. Very interesting. Thank you for liking what I said, Gabby. That always makes me smile. It's like, yes, I'm listening. I'm part of the show. Seriously, it's it's very gratifying to know that I can contribute to this. I'm just putting on that part of my brain and thinking, what are we really talking about here? What what does the audience need to realize behind the words? What what are we really trying to reach them with this kind of information? Because we want them to think too. So thank you, Gabby. And now we're going to go around and do our formal What's in Your Cup Today segment, which is Three questions. Start with Penny Stoker. Penny, where are you? And recently, panelists have been telling me, I'm in my home office. I said, well, what part of the world is it in? So a city, a country, a continent would be appreciated. Number two, what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world that really makes you say, what a great day or it's going to be or dang, I'm glad the day is over. Let me relax. Either one of those bookends is good. And Penny, number three, what have you been up to? You're, st- you're at EY. What, what's happening since we spoke last? Sure. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, first off, I'm talking to you. I am talking to you from my home office, uh, just outside of Philadelphia on the east coast of the U.S. Um, and today in my cup, I have a cup of fresh mint tea. 
Um, so it's not tea from a bag or a box. It's actually out of my garden. And since Ooh. I work from home, it gives me a, um opportunity to step out to the garden, snip off some leaves, add some hot water, and get back in my chair and get busy. Uh, but at least makes me move a little bit. And I what have I been it. up to? Oh, you know, working a, on a whole bunch of different things. But most recently, uh, really thinking about what is it that drives an employee's experience in working with us? And how do we in HR, and particularly on the operational side of HR, make it simple and easy for folks to do what they need to do? Uh, so that they can um, be engaged with our clients and really driving the value for our business. Thank you, Penny. I I got such a kick out of when you said you work in a home office and you're growing mint in your garden. I work for, I broadcast from a home office. I'm now in Durham, North Carolina, and I have a wonderful crop of basil and dill this summer. Oh. And I make an omelet every day, and I go out. I now have a lot of it on, in boxes on my windowsill here in my kitchen, but some is out on the porch. And I go out, and I take a very sharp scissors, and I'll snip off what looks like it's ready to be snipped off the basil and the dill. And then I come in and just put it in the palm of my hand, and rinse it off just a little because it's been outside and then while the omelet is almost set I take those sharp scissors and I snip little pieces on top of the egg and just let them go in and flavor it there's nothing like fresh basil is there Penny it sounds great it is. It's wonderful. Now I'm trying mammoth dill. It's growing like crazy, but it's not the dill I'm used to, so I have no idea what to do with it, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> I, I need an indoor herb garden. Penny, thanks for that inspiration, and I agree with you. It's a lovely thing. Gardens are wonderful. So, Thomas Domgar, and we'd love to know a little bit about you. Thomas, first of all, where are you, and what's the origin of your name? I'm fascinated with the spelling, D-A-M-G-A-A-R-D, and what drink powers you, because we know you're very smart, and what do you do at Accenture? Well, thank you. Um, so I, I'm originally Danish, um, but have moved uh, to Houston, Texas, where I am today, uh, back about 20 years ago. Uh, so hence the, the, the funky spelling and, and all of that. Um, <laughs> my, my favorite drink, it, generally speaking, during the day, it is tea. I am Danish, and I really enjoy that side of it. So I'm, I'm on the same page again as, as Penny. However, end of the day, I will go for a cucumber vodka with ginger ale. It is like a spa in a drink, I tell you. Um, there's nothing that can beat that. Wow, that sounds wonderful. What's your recipe? Do you have any proportions you want to share with us? Uh, no, I don't pay that close attention. <laughs> it just um, tastes good. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it's like that, that thing you get at the spa with the cucumber and so yeah. it, it's just, it's nice and relaxing. So yeah, that definitely is something to try if you haven't already. I'm going to the wrong spa. Um, I have to change spas. And tell us, what, what do you do at Accenture? Yeah, so I, I help uh, our clients in our resources industries uh, with their transformations. And, and, and these days, it, it turns out to be an awful lot about how do I get my workforce and my talent, my culture, uh, to that, that place we're talking about, right? So I can transform, I can keep up with technology improvements on one side, workforce expectations on the other side and, and uh, sort of this world of abundance that we now are in, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's just so much going on for us. So, so good Thank times. You. Good times. Glad. I can hear happy in your voice. And speaking of happy, Gabby, you're up next. Where are thou? What are you drinking or what are you thinking about drinking later? And what's new with you at Success Factors? Gabby? 
So in the past, Bonnie, when I've joined SAP Radio, it's typically been a little bit earlier in the morning. I am mm-hmm. Portland, Oregon, so I'm on the West Coast. So it's the earliest for me always out of everybody. And so I always used to say I'm drinking coffee, caffeine, caffeine, caffeine. Well, now it's 1130, so it's not quite caffeine o'clock and it's not quite wine o'clock. So at this Uh-oh. point, you know, I'm settling for <laughs> hydrating with regular water. Um, I do have to say I love that Penny has a garden and I did too. At one point, there has been quite the heat wave in Portland and everything has died. So hydrating becomes even more important then. Yep. Um, And SAP success factors, all is well. I've just been immersing myself in really understanding this world of digital assistance, chatbots, machine learning, and what it means for our customers' workforces. We have our Success Connect Las Vegas event coming up in September where we hope to share some of those lessons with our customer base. Very, very nice. And you've been busy, and you put this topic together, Gabby. Uh, Did this just come to you to put all of this? We're talking about technology and employee experiences. It's quite a powerful title you sent me for this show. We have so much packed in employee experience in the age of ML, AI, and bots. We're really packing the people, the humanity, the HR, the organization, and the technology all in one. Uh, Is this something you've been thinking about for a while? Is this something you study? Because I know you're a researcher. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, these are all trends that are emerging, um, oftentimes separately. You see a lot of increased buzz around this idea of the employee experience. As I mentioned, five years ago, we weren't talking about it at all. Um, you see a lot around machine learning and how can it be applied and trying to understand, you know, what does it look like when your company is adopting the most up-to-date technologies? And we see a whole lot of thinking these days around how people use technology outside of work and can we deliver that same level of enablement inside the workplace. Um, and so all of these trends were sort of coming together. And what I've really seen is the way that they impact each other, the way that things like bots and machine learning can be applied toward creating that employee experience. I think it's important stuff that's kind of difficult, you know, to get your mind around as an HR professional, and I think um, all three of the people on this call have a really interesting perspective to share, so it seemed only natural we should set up a radio show around it. Thank you very much, Gabby. I appreciate the the work and the insights that go into creating a topic. We're going to take a quick break. It's 2.30 here on the East Coast. By the way, uh, Penny may not remember. Thomas doesn't know me. Gabby knows. They don't let me anywhere near coffee on radio show days, but I must confess the ladies on my block had their monthly coffee and my normal, my usual, I host a webinar for the SAP DDM talk team uh, on Wednesdays, an internal event, and it was postponed. It was canceled today, so I ran over for coffee, and I did have a cup of real caffeine this morning first time in weeks so I don't know if it's changed my day but this is my second live show today and I'm still happy so it must must be that residual penny it's it's the combination of the basil and the dill and the caffeine and that's and we got to get some mint in there Thomas I I have to start growing mint thank you for that inspiration and cucumbers too we'll have quite a garden next year so I want to say don't even think of touching that mouse that app that dial we're going to take a 90 second break very interesting conversation come on no matter what size your company is no matter what your footprint your maturity your 
your industry, where you are or are not in the world, if you're all virtual, you've got employees, somebody is working for you or with you, what kind of experience are you giving them? We are in the age of tech being part of every moment of our lives. We've got machine learning, we've got artificial intelligence, and we have bots, chat bots, all kinds of bots with all kinds of names. They're part of your employees' lives. They need to be part of your employees' experience working for you. And if you're an employee, you can bring this message to the company and tell them you heard us on the radio. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will hear more from Penny Stoker at EY, Thomas Domgar at Accenture, and Dr. Gabby Berlaku at SAP Success Factors. So, Aaron, out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. From setting up the right structures, enabling technology, and compliant operations, to hiring, developing, and cultivating a culture of success, SAP SuccessFactors is excited to be your partner in redefining what human resources can deliver to business leaders. Changing the Game with HR brings you insights from the movers and shakers who are making this happen. We'll delve into global business challenges from the boardroom to the shop floor and learn what is working and what has to change, all to help you change HR from transactional to transformational. Tune in to the Business Channel to hear today's top human resources business and technology strategy thought leaders share expert insights on how human resources leaders are shaping the future of change for all of us. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Changing the Game with HR, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Changing the Game with HR. Let's do that. I just want to tell you, Penny, I was just tweeting your quote from Amelia Earhart, and I put in the at sign, the handle, Amelia Earhart, and it accepted Uh it. So I don't know whether somebody started a a Twitter feed for Amelia Earhart or there's a real person out there named Amelia Earhart, and she's going to know, she's going to think you quoted her. So I just wanted to warn you for that. We're talking today with Penny Stoker at EY, Thomas Domgara at Accenture, and Dr. Gabby Berlaku at SAP Success Factors. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, happy to be here. And we're looking at some roundtable statements Penny Stoker sent me before the show, and this is where we're going to start. Let me read a little, Penny. She says, by engaging in design thinking, we can consider the different personas that perform parts of a process. Let's talk about the personas part of this. Talk to me, Penny, and then we'll invite Thomas and Gabby to chime in. How does this relate to employee experience? Sure. And so first and foremost, we have to really think about who are the people that 
engage with the various things that we ask them to do in an organization. Historically, what we've tried to do is design things from an HR point of view, right? And so how, how do I capture the data that I need to be able to perform the things I need to do in HR? It doesn't work that way anymore. We have to think about that employee, uh, first-line employee, the manager, um, the manager of managers, leaders. Um, and then when we look at all of those personas, are there different ways in which they engage? So employees who are digital natives might engage differently than those that aren't. Um, so it requires us to do a little, have a little bit of empathy, put ourselves in someone else's shoes, Think about what's happening for them at any one point in what they are trying to do. What are they thinking? What are they doing? And how are they feeling about it, most importantly? Is it easy for them to do? Is it clear? Um, and then we think about what is going to make that work for them. Uh, and it might be a process step. And where can technology actually enable that and make it simpler and easy, easier for them to do it? Um, but it really means putting that uh, person or that persona in the forefront of how we are thinking about what we are doing in an organization and really driving that experience for them in a positive direction. Interesting. And you use the word empathy. I don't think that's a traditional word when we talk about HR. The HR, I was, uh, you, you had dropped from the beginning of the call, Penny, but I was talking about that with Thomas and Gabby, the HR that just hands out forms and does formal yeah. reviews and gives you the handbook to sign off on and calls meetings for rah-rah once or twice a year and that's it. So empathy was definitely not part of that process. I'm very intrigued by that word. Thomas, let's get you in on this interesting concept of design thinking from Penny. Agree or disagree, Thomas? I wholeheartedly agree. Um, we, we follow the same, see the same trends, use the same same technique. Um, it, it is the way to go. And getting that understanding um, that gets you closer to, to each one of, of the, the work groups or workers or personas is the right term for it within your workforce. Uh, it gets you so much closer and, and a better understanding of what truly matters to that particular group uh, of, of your workforce so that you can tailor that experience. Right? It, it's the only way to maintain dialogue, get close enough to it. Um, so, so that you can you can create it. Um, so so yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Thank you very much, Thomas. Gabby, need to get you in on this. What do you think? Agree or disagree? Either or. Well, I love what Henny said earlier about you know how do you know what factors will influence individual employees' experience? And she said, well, you ask them, um, mm-hmm. and that seems so simple, and it's. So, so true. Getting the perspective of the people who will be impacted. I think the wrong way for businesses to go about adopting technology like chatbots, artificial intelligence, machine learning is to say, hey, it's the cool new thing. We need to get that into our enterprise. We need to get that into the workforce. Um, Far more impactful is outlining clearly, you know, what is it that we're trying to achieve? What is it that we're trying to make easier, more substantial, more effective? How can we apply the technology that exists in this world toward doing that? And that's where the two-way flow of information and the conversation with your employees really takes shape. So I absolutely agree. Thank you very much. I, I have to ask a question here. 
big companies, do we really seriously think HR is go, or whoever managers, leaders up the chain are going to take the time to say, well, Bob, we're happy to have you here. What what would make you have a really good work day? We've seen sitcoms about this. Gabby, let me talk to you about this and we'll go around the table. We, Oh, yeah? Well, and the thought is, you've got a job. Be lucky. Be glad. you got a paycheck. You can pay your mortgage. What else do you want from us? What kind of company, seriously, what kinds of companies are listening to not necessarily this radio show, Gabby, and, and then Penny and Thomas, what kind of companies are evolved enough, I'm going to use that word advisedly, evolved enough to even care enough rather than, hey, we got 100 jobs, we got 5,000 people applying, you don't like it, Bob, go home, we'll get somebody else. Gabby, what do you think? What's the reality check for, <laughs> for companies? I'm, I'm being a little brutal here, but you know my, I mean well. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I don't think that's impossible to find that mindset among business leaders. I do think there's a lot of compelling reasons not to think that way. And a lot of research emerging pointing to the bottom line benefits of focusing on the employee experience. It's not just a gimmick. It's not just a buzzword. It's something that has really been shown to matter. So I think business leaders have got to start focusing on that. One of the things that's cool about artificial intelligence and things like machine learning field chatbots is that sometimes they can do a bit of that work for you. So the idea of employee experience is that it's really, really personalized. But a Mm -hmm. tool that learns over time from interacting with your people can become more personalized, can anticipate their needs, anticipate what it is they're trying to do. And in that way, um, you know, in the beginning I talked about how Everybody's different, but there are some key commonalities that drive a better employee experience. Having a personalized experience is one of those key commonalities, and technology can be leveraged to do that in a way that doesn't require the CEO to know the personalities of every single person who reports to them. And then Thank reports you. to those people. And on Thank and on. you, Gabby. Appreciate that. Penny, let's get your thoughts on this. Reality check. Our company, do companies really care about this? It sounds good on paper. Who, care, who really does it? Yeah, I, you know, like Gabby, you're going to find some that do and some that don't. But I think increasingly what we're seeing is our employees are demanding it. And so you don't get to hide behind where you are. They're going to say, listen, if you don't have it, I'm going to go someplace that does. Somebody who does care what my experience has been and how I'm developing and growing over time. Uh, So I think it's a business imperative. We certainly have, to Gabby's point, the data to show the difference in um, top line and bottom line for the organization if you engage in the right way. Um, But increasingly, I think our employees are just going to demand it, and you're not going to keep them. Okay, there you go. And in an an upbeat economy where there are a lot of people employed, there might not be people waiting online for those jobs. And you will say, oops, we don't have anybody doing this or that tomorrow. That's a problem. Thomas, love to get your insights on this. Is this a reality check for companies? How do you get them to care? about that employee experience. We're talking about it in a bubble a little bit today. How do you get them to care about it on a real everyday basis? Um, I, I, again, am am with both Gabby and and Penny. Um, They they do care, uh, at least most of them. There are some that are still getting to to grips with the fact uh, that that my workforce doesn't doesn't necessarily have to show up every day and they have choices. Uh, But more and more, talent is the, the, the top concerns and, and as a result what's my experience that I'm creating for my for my workforce and, and I know there's research done on uh, the companies that, that are able to create that, that good employee experience 
um, they are actually outperforming their S&P 500 competitors. So, so, so we know there's a correlation, so it's an easy, easy story to go tell for those who may not have quite gotten, gotten the message just yet. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm going to put a slightly different spin on this, and then, Thomas, I'm going to go to something in your notes here. But I live in a community where we have employees who work for the community, meaning there's a clubhouse, there are functions. They're paid by a big company that installs them in these communities to run the events, run the, the functions, who gets to reserve which room, when are the parties going to happen, when are the lessons going to happen, that kind of thing. And I often hear this very the comment from residents who will say, oh, Mary's working so hard. She moved 20 chairs for this big thing we're having today. Isn't she wonderful? And you know what I'm thinking? (laughs) I'm thinking, Mary has a job. She works in a really nice place. She's got really nice people who are encouraging her to do her job. She works in a beautiful office. She has a parking space. She gets to go home for lunch. Lucky Mary, I'm thinking. So I don't know if I'd be a good HR person or not. Gabby, you want to respond to that? I'm thinking on the other side, when you're the recipient of, you want happy employees, but you also want them to be enthusiastic about doing the job if that's what your community is paying for. And, and this could be anybody buying any product from any company, right, Gabby? Yeah, and you know, earlier you asked about employee experience versus employee engagement, and it seems like one is more directed toward the organization and one is more about individuals. I mean, I I don't discount the importance of an engaged workforce. If anything, I think a positive employee experience results in an engaged workforce, so it's kind of Mm -hmm. more of a root cause than we had explored in the past. Um, But that said, I do think... First of all, conceptualizations of work are changing significantly. Um, as Thomas said, maybe people don't have to come in every day to be completing their tasks. And you really start to notice it when you look at the aggregate level, um, whether or not a positive employee experience is having an impact, right? And what might be positive to you may not be positive to someone else. Mm-hmm. So we conducted a survey of HR leaders when we were trying to better understand kind of where the market's head is at around these innovations and around employee experience. And we found that 68% of them said they worried managers and employees were frustrated by outdated workplace technology. 55% of them said, we're worried this is going to impact our ability to keep people around. So that's, Mm. you know, going beyond individuals to really look at the aggregate. 55% of HR leaders are saying, hey, our technology is directly going to cause people to leave. Then you know there's something there to focus on to to, to really improve across the workforce that is ultimately going to improve individuals' experiences. Thank you, Gabby. That is such a perfect segue into where I want to take the discussion with Thomas. Thomas, I'm looking at your notes, and technology is the third word of what I want to look at. You say, use of technology changes the profile of work, and therefore the workforce and the skills needed. Let's talk about upping the skill level in the workforce. And Thomas continues, as bots and automation increase... The workers are shifted up the stack toward more complex activities. This in itself is enabling a differentiated work experience. So, Thomas, what happens when you bring in all this wonderful, exciting, great technology and you change what's available to your workers, but you also change what they are required to know and do and do well to keep their job or to move up the chain? Thomas, talk to me. Fascinating. 
Yeah, so so on one end, there's the piece that Gabby just talked about, right? In terms of how, can we can we attract uh, the the right uh, talent that we need going forward, right? So a lot of our clients are are in that space. On the on the second dimension of it is now you're looking at the actual work that is there, and if a lot of technology to begin with is being applied to automate things on the lower end of the complexity spectrum, and, and that shifts people towards the higher end, more digital, more insight, more decision making more complex activities. That drives the need for skills like you said. So interesting question then becomes, okay, so are the the companies also investing in those skills mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the employees they have? And currently, we're seeing very, very, very low investments on that side of it. So they're investing technology, not yet so much on the skill side, right? They, I think the assumption is that they can they can go hire the digitally savvy people and, and morph with it. Um, but but I think that's an underestimate, uh, underestimation uh, at this point in time. I think we have done some surveys. It's around 3% only of companies that's actually investing properly into developing those skills. So uh, there's more work to be done there for sure. Thank you very much. That's an exciting part of the conversation. I want to go around the table and see what everybody thinks. Gabby, you're next to Thomas. Talk to me. Well, even as we talked about how HR is changing and the different skills that that requires of people in the HR profession, it's exactly the same thing. And part of that is the HR technologies that are available. You know, how do you engage this new workforce given the new tools and the new mandate of HR, the new role that they have in the business? Um, That's just one example of how this is playing out. This is playing out all over the workforce. I do think, you know, upskilling and training is critical when it comes to these technologies. What's cool about chatbots and things that are really sort of interactive and intuitive is that they mimic a lot of the tools that we use outside of work. And one of the things we hear is that, okay, the millennials, the Gen Zers are expecting these chatbots, but the truth is we've all used Siri and navigation and, you know, things like Google Home from time to time, we've actually all become accustomed to doing things more easily in our outside of work lives. So being able to deliver these tools that aren't like clunky and really difficult to learn, but ultimately intuitive and guide people in doing things quickly, more easily, um, I think there's definitely something there toward driving a better employee experience and less stress of some of the older generations maybe that now have to learn entirely new technologies just to hold on to their job. Thank you, Gabby. Another reality check there. Penny Stoker at EY, what do you think? Join us. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's a great question. One of the things that we're finding is really engaging folks with learning the new tools, new ways of working. Um, while they may be fearful at the beginning, if they take it on, they actually get very passionate about it. And we've seen um, them get excited about developing those new skills, um, not be afraid of the technology and, and look at, frankly, their roles and say, this gives me an opportunity now to do things differently, to be able to do the things that I've always wanted to do, but frankly, I was buried in paper and transactions and that type of stuff. Um, now, not everybody's going to make that leap. And to Thomas's point, we do need to invest a lot more in developing, helping folks develop those skills and capabilities. But we're finding that engaging them early on in the process, you know, not landing the technology on them, but having them engage with uh, bringing that technology in actually generates a bit of buzz and some excitement um, rather than trying to go buy those, uh, you know, skills in the market, bring them in and launch something on a group of employees who just sit there and go, hey, what about me? 
so it's really about, you know, to Gabby's point, let's engage them. Let's help them develop those skills because uh, it can be a lot of fun um, at the same time. It can be. And, and Penny, you remind me, we used to have, I think a year ago, we had a show called The Future of Manufacturing with Game Changers. And we were talking about what's happening on the factory floor. And people were saying, mm. rather than telling someone, oh, my son works in a factory, they'd say, my son works in a factory and he's got this iPad and he's helping the process. He's going, these robots are bringing the materials across the floor. And he's standing there with all this technology in his hand. He's part of everything. And it's really cool. Yeah. They were excited. That's what you're you're talking about isn't it that's where tech comes in absolutely yeah absolutely yep. thomas i uh was going to go back and have you wrap this one up but you know what we are at the point in the show where we have to go to our crystal ball predictions round so what i think i'll do is i'll start the predictions with thomas and then i'll go to penny and then we'll wrap it up with gabby so i'm going to ask my three very smart panelists very insightful and thank you for a great conversation let's see what you do in the predictions thomas attic center Take a look into the crystal ball anytime from 10 minutes after we get off the air up to 2025. What will change dramatically, dynamically, for good, for not so good, in terms of what we're talking about today, employee experience in the age of MLAI, alphabet soup, and bots? Thomas Dobgar, go ahead. Um, thank you. I, I think for me, the, the biggest thing that I'm going to put my bet on is that we're going to see that the gig economy and, and something like the Uber model uh, is going to introduce huge players that we don't know yet. And it's going to it's going to change massively across industries um, simply just because the experience that these players in the gig economy can create for their workforce and, and notice I'm not saying employees, but for their workforce, mm-hmm. um, they're going to they're gonna attract people in to participate in that, um, the, the, the mission, the purpose of that organization. And I think we're going to see that a lot sooner than 2025. So I think big things are coming, and I think they're going to be exciting for all of us. Thank you. I like the optimism. We're always happy with optimistic predictions, Thomas. Thank you. And now let's go back to Penny Stoker at EY. Penny, crystal ball time. How far out do you want to go and what do you see? Yeah, I'm going to go a little shorter than 2025 because I actually think it will happen faster than we can even foresee. But I can foresee a day when what I have is call it Alexa, call it Siri, call it Google Home, I don't care. Um, But I have my own personal uh, digital assistant that does things for me, doesn't just answer questions, uh, but takes care of those things that need to be taken care of just by me saying, hey, can you tell me how my uh, business is doing today? What are the latest revenue predictions? And it goes and finds it for me. Thank you very much. That's very interesting. And let's go to Gabby. Gabby, you know what, Gabby? They were so quick and so concise that we actually have a little of extra extra time, which doesn't usually happen for the third panelist. You've been on enough of these shows to know, Gabby. So, Gabby, I can give you a whole 90 seconds, and then we still have a little more time. Go ahead, Gabby. Experience. Great. Well, I have lots yeah. to say. Good. Uh, so, in that study uh, where we surveyed HR leaders in North America to get a sense of, you know, how they're viewing this topic, um, we were trying to understand to what extent this is viewed as just like cool, innovative technology or core to business processes and functioning. And the truth is, from a talent perspective, it is core. But we found that only 19% said that this would be critical to HR in the next year. 
51% said it would be critical in the next five years. This is still viewed as a future innovation, but the truth is the technology is here today. And as Penny said at the beginning of the call, um, you know, if we wait for it to be tried and true and tested and old news, our competitors are going to blow past us. So first and foremost, I think HR organizations are going to quickly figure out this technology is something that needs to be leveraged, not tomorrow, but today. Um, I also think, to Penny's point, we talk about the employee experience as HR's sort of mandate or problem right now, but the truth is an employee experiences work outside of HR. They have tasks they need to do, things they need to accomplish. Some of those are HR-related. Some of them aren't. So it's, I think, pretty near future, not going to be about HR bots or finance bots or, you know, travel bots. But one integrated experience where you have your own personal virtual assistant that helps you execute these tasks. And again, to Penny's point, not answer questions, but really helps and guides and provides data because all of that capability exists. We just have to open our minds to the possibilities and be ready to kind of try some things out with our own workforce. Thank you very much, Gabby. I have a quick real lightning round for the whole panel. I've never done this on the HR show before. Gabby knows always expect the unexpected on the radio show. So quickly, Penny, then Thomas, then Gabby, if you could change HR or HCM as human resources or human capital management by 2025, what would you call that part of a company? Penny, go first real fast. People. Oh, the people department. I like that. Yep. I never saw that one coming. Just stop right there. Thomas, your turn. Forget what Penny said. What would you name the formerly HR, HCM department? Uh, workforce or talent. Okay. And, and so I'm implying that we go beyond people. Okay. Good to know. Gabby, what would you name it? Oh, gosh, this sounds awful, but something like people productivity, it's to clarify that it's not about filing paperwork any longer or, you know, checking the boxes, but really driving people to do their best work at that company. So you'll have to give me uh, some time to think of something better, but people productivity okay. at this point. I like that, and I would just call it the ambassador department because I think ah. the employees need to be that. engaged with the company, they need to embody the brand, they need to care, and they need to be ambassadors in everything they do, whether it's on a production line, whether it's answering a phone, whether it's making policy, they have to embody the company. And I see a lot of companies where people just didn't get that message, and I just made that up. So I want to thank <laughs> Thomas, aren't you glad you joined the show? Uh, Penny Stoker at EY, thank you so much. Thomas Domgar, I hope I did honor to your last name at Accenture. Thomas, I'm so glad you almost didn't make the bus. We got you on at the last minute, and we're really happy you were here and Dr. Gabby Berlaku at SAP Success Factors and of course a shout out to the other sponsor for the series Dr. Patty Fletcher haven't seen her in a while uh, Gabby I know she's doing the book tour on her Disruptors book and I hope everything's well and a shout out of course to Aaron Keller at the Business Channel team thank you for getting us on the air and keeping us there this was another two show day Aaron we certainly rocked it so here's my call to action fasten your seatbelt Maybe you don't drive for a living, but eventually you'll get in something with a seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Penny Stoker, just like Thomas Domgar, and just like Dabby, Dr. Gabby Berlacu. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. I'll be back tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel with another edition of Internet of Things with Game Changers, one of our most popular series. Don't miss it. See you then. Bye-bye.
Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with HR, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.